The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turn the Buckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, and now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. We are in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We're found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. And I'm Big Joe. And this week we are joined by our returning guest, our friend Papa Bear... Ryan K. <laughs> Bowman. Ryan, it's yeah. been it's been a while. How have you been? I have been good, and it's always good to talk to my friends up north. How have you guys been? Hey, not too bad. Um, it, it's one of those times where, without getting too political here on uh, our professional wrestling podcast here, um, I will say for the time being, I, I feel very grateful to be a Canadian. Let's just say that at this point. <laughs> you know what? One of these days, I might be grateful to be a Canadian. Going down here, but but you know, uh, I promised you, Joe, yes. that I wouldn't drop any f bombs on the show. Yes. So let's not talk about politics. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I let's get. get- <laughs> well, as always, you know, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling, but I thought we'd have you on the podcast this week here, Ryan. So for our first topic, we'll kind of rewind to last week a little bit, because I'm curious to get your impression on on this particular subject, because it's been pretty polarizing, especially uh, if you kind of go kind of way out there, in my opinion, especially if you listen to Mr. Jim Cornette, who basically tore this whole entire show a new you-know-what um, we're talking about the stadium stampede match, which of course was the, the last match to close up double or nothing last week here. Ryan, what did you think of, of this, uh, match, so to speak to, to end off the show? Because as you all know, I was a, a surprisingly enough, a, a big fan of this thing. You know, it's odd because, uh, you know, Carl, you've been in the business, you've worked in the ring, you know, I think all of us would consider ourselves sort of traditionalists when it comes to wrestling, yeah. but at the same time everything that everybody's trying to do creatively right now is just a response to this pandemic. Um, and unfortunately pro wrestling world has had to find ways to entertain us differently. And I, I wrote a column, you know, not too long ago about how I, I don't believe that these movie style matches or these matinee type matches, they're not going to go anywhere. No. I think that this has opened up a, a whole new um, can of worms for the pro wrestling business. And I think that, just like WWE's done, just like AEW's doing, and Impact's done this for a long time, where they do a lot of sort of backstage features or some vignettes that actually are, are considered a match. 
I don't think that's going to go away. I think that now the wrestling companies have seen uh, they can do some creative things. And, and, and I, I, I listen to Eric Bischoff's podcast, and he said the same thing. He thinks that now wrestling is going to move more into the entertainment genre as opposed to the sports genre. You know, and especially Lucha Underground did this to varying success. You know, they they did yeah, a lot right. of really heavy uh, produced stuff, which which a lot of it was pretty good. And some of it was a little too much. And as we kind of know now, looking in retrospect, a lot of that really expensive overproduced stuff was kind of one of the things that led to a little bit to their downfall. But still, I mean, uh, it was an, an approach that we're definitely seeing carry over to um, our current stuff, especially with WWE. Now, this kind of leads to the deeper question with this. If this exact same match and this same scenario would have happened in WWE, would we all kind of be talking, singing the same tune with this? I think it's a worthwhile question to ask. So I'll start with I, you. I, I'm going I'm to throw it to Carl, too, because yeah. I wanted to ask him specifically, you know, uh, what did you think about what WWE did with their matches? I, I was kind of impressed with what they did with some of their outside-the-ring stuff, so to speak. I've said it before on, on the podcast. Um, I I definitely am a fan of what they did. Uh, you take a look at the WrestleMania match that we had with AJ Styles and The Undertaker. I was a fan of it. Why not? I mean, mm-hmm. professional wrestling needs to change and adapt with the times. This is something that uh, we need to see. We need to see growth. It can't just be the inside the ring all the time type of stuff anymore because that for a lot of people and their attention spans right now gets to be very boring. Yeah. So well, we include a little bit of extra theatrics yeah. into this because w- whether you like to admit it or not, all of these performers are actors. That's what they yeah. are. So why not allow them this Avenue for them to go out there and do some acting? Um, now yeah. even, even having them having to re not rehearse, but redo different scenes and stuff like that. It's, it's a little bit different for them because they're not used to it, but they're adapting to it. And that's what I like. So, so Joe, to answer your question yeah. there that you had now, if this match had happened in the WWE, same talent, same same talent, uh, same, same same venue, everything. everything. Would we still be positive? Would you still be positive about it? I would still be. Po- I would love it. I yeah. I would one hundred percent love it. I love this direction that they're going because that's a big criticism and something that you see a ton of on social media, especially when you have WWE fans and AEW fans bashing heads all the time and they're saying, "Oh, you only like it because AEW does it." If WWD you would have done the same thing, you would have, you would have uh, crapped all over and whatnot. Um, like I said, if WWE Creative could have come up with this idea and it executed it the exact same way, I would still be praising it because I, I thought it was it was well done, regardless of who did it. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I, I thought the stuff that WWE did was very creative. I mean, some of it was hokey, obviously. It's not, you know, old-school wrestling like we grew up on. And, no. Carl, you know, as, as a guy who's been in the ring, and you're kind of an old-school worker. So it, it's got to be sort of different to adapt to that, but you just use that word, adapt. The business no. is changing. And, you know, I think uh, someone always says uh, necessity is the invention or the mother of all invention, and and – I think right now um, the wrestling business needs something to keep the people interested in whatever WWE's done or AEW's done. I've enjoyed it. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I don't take sides. I'm wearing an AEW hat right now, <laughs> but, but I don't take sides one way or the other. I think they both really found some cool ways to keep people interested despite all the, the bad things that have been going on out there. You know, we've even seen on, well, I guess it would have been SmackDown uh, this past Friday, you know, that the, they're starting to bring in, I guess, some some NXT, you know, I guess some people that are training with NXT, and I guess they've got kind of the, uh, you know, the clear kind of blast sneeze guard kind of going around the, the top there and having them stand behind that. You know, there's been some negativity with that, of course, like with anything else, you know, that supposedly they're complaining because they're having to just kind of stand there the whole time and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's a whole other discussion that we could mm-hmm. have separate of it. But, uh I will say what with that just kind of briefly, the atmosphere for that, you know, we'll, we'll get to kind of some questionable stuff later on in this podcast, but just just audibly wise, especially coming from somebody like me who works constantly with audio doing this podcast and whatnot, I really pick up on on audio stuff. It sounded a lot better this past week, just given that there was a little bit of a reaction coming from inside the place. It just didn't sound like dead air. Now, that's when one of my major criticisms with these empty arena shows with nobody else, just it feels literally like they're this, we're doing the stuff and it's falling on deaf ears because there's nobody there. Right. right. So it's been a real pop in right? a long time. Exactly. Right. You know. So, yeah. So, you know, we had mentioned uh, workers with Carl being a, a former worker in the ring. I'm going to bump up, up a topic here because I'm dying to talk about this one here, guys. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> Miss Nia Jax. And I'm using the term worker very loosely here, folks. Uh, I want to go around the, the table here because I'm pretty sure that we all have a similar opinion on uh, this certain individual because it's happening again here, guys. She's hurt somebody. And I believe it's uh, the same one as previous. It's time for her to go, guys. Um, she's a, she's a, it's hard to kind of put into words. She's dangerous. And I think it's time for her to find some other avenue. You know, if you still don't work for WWE, maybe be an interview person or, or something like that. But I think it's brutally obvious here that she doesn't belong in the ring anymore. I, I, maybe I'm overreacting, but I really don't think so at this point. What do you think, Carl? Because I'm I'm uh, kind of of the same opinion. I really like her. I think she's a uh, seems like a really good person. She seems like she loves the wrestling business. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But she's reckless. Oh yeah. Yep. You guys are totally overreacting. Oh no. Just like I did when I tried to <laughs> tried to put that out there. Well, please don't I'm, tell me you're going to defend this. Please don't tell me you're going to defend this. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I am definitely not going to defend this. Um, oh. uh, honestly. Even the WWE right now, yeah. they have banned the buckle bomb because of yeah this. because of Nia Jax. Yeah. So like clearly, what is that telling you? Everyone else that's gone out there and been able to do this buckle bomb with no issues, but yet Nia Jax goes out there, does this buckle bomb, injures somebody, and now oh. they've banned it. Yeah. Are you banning it just to save face? Like, what is going on here? She, uh, honestly, honestly, done. Yeah. Done. She needs to be done. Yeah. That's it's it. terrible because of her heritage and her background, and she's obviously from one of the greatest wrestling families of all time. But sure. unfortunately, she's just she's just not very safe in the ring. And that's scary. If you're somebody that's given someone your body and you have to right. hope yeah. that they protect you, you can't be worried that they're going to injure you. I, I agree. I mean, it's again, sad because she was somebody I thought had a lot of potential at one time, but she's just, she's just not a good, she's just not a good wrestler in the ring. She's not a safe wrestler in the ring. I should say, you, you know yeah. what might help her 
and this is coming from experience. Let's okay? Big Macs. So there was there was a time when I was in the ring, I was set up into the middle turnbuckle, classic spot where somebody comes up and kicks the the turnbuckle, right? And oh, you know, I just got kicked in the family jewels. Okay, so this guy came up totally missed. And he's he's done this move before, but with me, he totally missed. And I get to the back and I punch the guy square in the nose and I said, You ever miss again? It's gonna be more than just a punch to your face. Okay. Yeah, right. And yeah, he never missed again. So yeah. somebody needs to go up to Nia Jack, stand up to her and go, Are you crazy right now? Do you really want to go out there and hurt people? Because I will just mess you up and then we're done with it, okay? So you're going to learn how to do things properly. You're going to do them well, and you're not going to mess up anymore, or you're going to have me to answer to. So I, I don't know who that needs to be in, in on the woman's side, but somebody needs to do that yeah. and, and set her straight right now. How much do you guys think that is nepotism, though, that she lives off of her family's name? Oh, big time. It's a significant factor. You can't ignore it. 100% it is. Well, I mean, look at again. There's a lot of people that have made it in the business that were not safe in the ring that didn't deserve to be in the spot they're in. Maybe she's one of them. Uh, again, I hate to just dump on the girl because I mean, obviously she's she's tried her best to become a, a, a competent wrestler, but she isn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, she just isn't. You know what? I, you know what? Sometimes you just don't learn how to ride the bike, so to speak. Yeah. And she's never learned how to ride the bike. No, I mean, it's it's not something for everybody, you know, just because you have that family lineage. I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but I, and it, when is enough enough? Like, where do you draw the line with, with her and say, okay, you're done? You know, it's kayfabe wise or not. I mean, at some point you, you got to address it somehow. Like, How many more times do we have to you know? have this conversation? Yeah. Right. Before it's finally just a. Before she kills somebody. We're done. We, we, again, we can't do Joe this anymore. The exact right term before she kills somebody. Yeah. Because in the ring, dropping somebody on their head one time the wrong way can kill them. Yep. Well, and that, that and, and on live television, how how much would WWE have hmm. blood on their hands again? Because we just got done seeing the Owen Hart thing hmm. not too long ago. What's yeah. it going to be like if she would drop one of these girls on their head and break their neck and kill hmm. them live on television? Because that's, that's a liability that I don't think that company wants. Because it's it's already dangerous enough as it is when you're properly executing stuff. Like let's go to you know the dark side of the ring when uh, when Dilo was talking about what happened with him and Draws. I mean when you when you watch that back, it's hard to even kind of spot the mess up. I mean some of the, the these moves like the margin for error between just being okay and serious serious life threatening injury is so small. And look, Draws. I mean he's still in the wheelchair. You know. Yeah. I mean, right, it's, so. it's, that's, a, that's another example of just um, you, you just use the term margin of error. That's yeah. absolutely right. I mean, sometimes <clears throat> these folks come within a fraction of being crippled for the rest of their yeah. lives. So if you're in there with somebody, it's it's kind of uh, not to touch on a subject we're going to get on later, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like getting in a car with a drunk driver. Mm. 
We will get to that. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And in some ways, Nia Jax is a drunk driver in the ring. <laughs> hey, you I can't trust her yeah. with the keys, you know? Yeah. No, that's a definitely first. Hey, before, before we get to that one, to, to get to that, to do a big name, let's flip over to a pause. That was just a foreshadowing, man. I'm right. <laughs> exactly. No, a good call on that one. But before we get to that one, let's let's flip back over to AEW to a, to a positive, uh, at, least, at least I think in my opinion. We saw a pretty cool debut, and I think it was it was well-timed. Uh, we're talking the revival, uh, which I, I guess they're going to they're gonna rock the the. FTR uh, gimmick over there. They showed up, and looks like the we're gonna see something. They went the Young Bucks or the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, I like the the debut here and in the, in the timing. I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they should have waited until there was a crowd." We don't know that when that's gonna happen. You had to debut these guys. I mean, this stuff has been brewing with them and the Young Bucks and everybody else kind of for a long time. So I th- I, th- I thought they did a good job with this. What do you think, Carl? I I, I, Definitely. I like the revolt or FTR or yeah. whatever their name is now. I, I they are just to me one of the great traditional tag teams out there. Yeah, they are. They they're classic old school, which I freaking love. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't be using the revolt name because there there is actually a tag team on the independent scene that has been using that for mm-hmm. years now. And back and forth on Twitter, they kind of had it out and hashed things out. So their name is going to be FTR. There you go. Um, if you've taken a look at the AEW shop merchandise page, it actually means F the rest. There you go. So that's that's what it's it's meaning, um, which is fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. Uh, the for the way that they brought them in too, I, I honestly it was it was classic classic old school professional wrestling storytelling no no matter what company that this would have happened in this was just perfect storytelling 101 right there and i, I just I, I loved it and i love every part of this and the that's people happening. love them yeah they do the people love them yep. yeah the people love them they have they have they have like this weird cult following like uh, people like us who've watched them for years and thinking one of these days these guys are going to be great and their debut i thought was awesome and i'll be honest with you and i'll, I'll kick this back to joe how, how good is this aew tag team division now and uh, now that you've added them they you know you've already got the lucha brothers you've got you know you've got the young bucks now you got ftr how good is that tag team division right now? You have enough diversity in the different styles so that we don't get into a situation where we have, you know, on SmackDown and Raw where that, that, that's already sparse tag team divisions already split and even more sparse by splitting them up. You know, we have a really diverse tag team division there, which I think is important and it allows you to kind of mix and match a lot. So you don't see, you know, too much of the Lucha Brothers. You don't see too much of the Young Bucks. You don't see too much of the private party, FTR. I mean, the list kind of goes on and on here. You can kind of see a trend here. You know, we have a pretty robust tag team division here and it, it Let's looks not pretty good about Santana and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. Those guys are fantastic. They're I mean, just, great. yeah. The, the list kind of goes on and on, you know, and when we flip back over to the WWE side and you try and name really kind of good, you know, actual tag teams, you have a hard time. So that it's, it's a, a real strong suit for AEW. And that's one thing Cody said right from the beginning, that tag team wrestling was going to be one of their focuses. And they've definitely kept with that trend. They have, and it's, it's fantastic. There are so many great tag teams that are in there. 
even even within, I, I guess you could maybe say within little factions, because we've got Santana and Ortiz, yeah. you know, in, in that faction. And, and then you could really have any number of tag team within the Dark Order. Right. And then and then, yeah, like, I mean, there's just so many within the elites, you've got the Young Bucks. Mega. <laughs> yeah. Thing, you know? I was just going to say Hangman Page and Omega. Yeah. Right. Even within the elite. I mean, like, this is just it's fan. It's a fantastic time right now in AEW for tag team wrestling and for faction wrestling. Like, it's just it, it, it's blowing it out of the water right now. Yep. And with the amount of tag teams that they have. You, you you said it right there. You don't get tired of it because you're not seeing the same tag teams wrestling each other week in, week out. You're getting exactly. a huge, diverse amount of wrestling coming from tag teams. Okay. I mean, got like best friends. Best Come friends. on, there's another one. Say that. Best <laughs> friends, and and now uh, Dustin has his tag team with QT Marshall. Yeah. You know, they're they're building this tag team division up to the point that you look around and I think Joe said it. You don't get tired of them because you don't get to see them all the yeah. time. That's one thing that I think AEW has done well. They they've only they feature people at the right times and then they pull them off TV and you miss them. You want to see them when they Bingo. come back on TV. Bingo, nailed it right there. Okay, so going from uh, that big positive to, at least in my opinion, uh, we'll see about uh, Ryan and Carl here. Uh, a, a big negative here. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of start off and give kind of my take on this, and then throw it over to you guys. Because uh, the way that I've kind of seen this with this now lately, we've seen WWE do a lot of really tone deaf kind of stuff. I think most notably, probably recently, the whole Jordan Miles blackface T-shirt uh, uh, thing that uh, was pretty. Uh, polarizing as well to, to kind of set the stage of what happened here because i i didn't watch the, all this show because i have a little too much self-respect for myself so i didn't watch the whole show <laughs> but needless uh, to say i watched this opening segment and uh, i did catch the um the battle royal match which was actually uh, fairly well done there but this opening segment you literally have them just kind of starting and you see this rental car kind of crashed off to the side and then you know, Elias is on the ground and then they did this whole thing uh, and then they found Jeff Hardy you know kind of around the corner seemingly intoxicated and we know this guy's history and whatnot we did this whole thing you know we they, they talked to uh, Strowman as if he kind of witnessed the whole thing and then we cut away to their intro are you ready for a good time like just like how like tone deaf are you with this whole situation you do this thing a segment with somebody who had a problem with duis and drinking and then you cut away to that freaking acdc uh, intro thing and are you ready for a good time like like if you're gonna do that thing you have to cut out that opening segment other that that intro you have to do something different there take the words out do something different like it just it just it blows my mind whoever okayed this storyline needs to be fired <laughs> I, I know that's probably overstating it but that's how I feel, man. This looked a really, really bad taste in my mouth. Can I take this one? Yes, go ahead. Okay, yeah. because you and I talked a couple days ago, and yes. I said I'm plenty to say about this. This one just and pissed I, me I off. Guys yeah, off the air about this. You know, if I were someone who had lost a friend or a family member or a loved one in a DUI accident and watched that, it would leave a bad taste in my mouth. As someone yeah. who I will admit. I've had a DUI before and on a very personal note, I've thought to myself, what would have happened if I would have hurt somebody? What would have happened? I mean, I, I lay it in bed sometimes at night thinking, what if I would have accidentally killed somebody, you know, and then to watch something like that, you know, 
I don't know. I, I just I don't think that's a joke. I don't think it's a storyline. You know, it's it's basically you might as well just book a rape angle because that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's it, it's a crime. You're booking a crime on live television. And, you know, as someone who's had my own struggles, I went through all the things that Jeff Hardy did and, and I made all my mistakes. Now I, I want to watch wrestling and I don't want to think about stuff like that. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'm a softy. Maybe I I sound like a wimp for saying that. But I, I just really didn't like it. I thought it was just really really in bad taste and before we throw over to, to, to carl here what does fox got to be thinking when they're seeing the stuff like, like that like the the whoever's in charge of fox like their head must have exploded like really this is what you guys are giving us for how much money we've given you it's gotta leave a bad taste. what was your what was your take on on this uh segment done on the opening of smackdown here uh carl it, it honestly was it was very bad taste um, considering they, they've already kind of gone through and talked about all the issues that Jeff Hardy right? has gone through and, and <laughs> like, it. it's, it's, it's known it's out there, but am I surprised? No, no. I mean, let's, let's take a look back. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just going to say one name that's going to solidify all of this right now. Katie Vick. Hmm. Okay. So this is stuff that they've been kind of doing for years this type of toilet humor, whatever you want to call it, type of of shows and, and, and stuff that they've been putting on. I mean, I'm not surprised that they went this way. Definitely not. I, I kind of had a feeling that it was going to because over the last little while, over the last few weeks, they've been talking about Jeff Hardy and and talking about the struggles he's had and talking about the DUIs and talking about all of the uh, uh, drug uh, stuff that he's done, the dependencies that he's had and his recovery and how many times he's been back. And they've been going through all of that the last couple of weeks. Yeah. For it all to culminate to this. Yeah. Holding up a magnifying glass to his issues is not good for him. No. And I, I'm sorry. uh, Again, we go back to the thing that they did with Hawk from the Road Warriors, where they took his yeah, yeah. real life issues and turned him into a storyline. That that's not good for a person no. who is basically what you're saying is, okay, you're a person with an addiction, so we're gonna make you into a clown. Yeah. And that's that's sad and pathetic. And I don't know where people get you know, Carl, you were talking about Katie Vick. This is the same company that uh, have, have booked um with the one girl got pregnant and lost the baby, you know, on that. And that was part of a storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Come on. Now, I mean, now there is a time where, you know, doing the, the real life kind of thing can kind of work the, the deal what was it with, um, with Matt Hardy and uh, what was it, was it edge where they, yeah. they, they kind of built off the, but at least then there's something where there's like an actual payoff at the end with this, what the payoff is we make Jeff look like a drunk. That's the, that's the payoff here. And, uh, like this, this could drive this guy to, to start drinking again, or to have more issues again, and, and maybe to depression, and uh, you know who knows where after that. I mean, just it's it, there's no good result or anything good to be gained from this whatsoever. I, I, I don't, I don't, I still don't understand the move. Some of those storylines are punishment for yeah. these guys. I, like Matt left, so we're going to punish Jeff, or like yeah. you know when Dean Ambrose left, and and they were kind of screwing with Renee. You know, it's almost like this company's almost become vindictive in their storylines, which is sad. It's, it's sad because they have so much talent and they could do so much more. And they have so many people there that are very, very talented writers and people that 
are behind the scenes, and yet they always go for the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. And at the Every end of the day, single time. Yep. And at the end of the day, we know that Vince has the final say on this kind of stuff. And I mean, is he really sitting there going, "That's good shit, bro. Let's do that. Let's do that." You know, yes, yeah. of course he is. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I'll get this. Oh, I just say it hurts my brain. Just sorry, I, I, kind of I promised I wouldn't cuss, but I did say bastard. Sorry, no, that's okay. Um, I think uh, the CBC would still air shit and bastard, so I think uh, we're okay with that. So, um, so going from that here, guys, I mean, uh, it's kind of a tough thing to, to follow here, but let, let's talk about um, something that is technically a mixture of good and bad. We're talking Dark Side of the Ring, and they, they do cover some pretty, obviously it's right in the name uh, here, there are some dark aspects of the, the world of professional wrestling. But we've done two very successful uh, first two seasons of uh, this show. I mean, it's been very well received, uh, to the best of my knowledge, and it looks as though they've been picked up for a third season, which I think is very, very cool. I mean, there's so many things that we can kind of cover in this show. Let's kind of go around the table here, so to speak, and get some ideas. Uh, you know, at least one or two each to, to for ideas that we can do for the third season here. Let's start off with you, Ryan. What's one that uh, they haven't done yet that would be really uh, uh, good to, to cover on uh, Dark Side of the Ring season three? This is an easy one for me because it's a project actually I've I've sort of worked on a little bit, but I would definitely do a Dark Side of the Ring about Sputnik Monroe, hmm. um, who is a legend in Memphis, but he's most known for desegregating wrestling crowds in the South. He would refuse to wrestle if the audience was segregated. Topical too, by the way. <laughs> and to me, yes. Yeah. And to me, that is, um, that's a story in inside of itself. Worth you telling. know, the fact that this guy played a heel on television, yeah. but in real life, he was a, a great guy, you know? And uh, I think that's one of the topics I would, I would love to see Dark Side of the Ring, con- you know, yeah. finally cover and, and just, you know, as we know, they do such a tremendous job. Yeah. I think that they would they would kill it if they did something about him. For for me, um, the the one that's right at the top of my list is Brian the Brian Pillman story. Uh, that, that's one I think that they, that they should definitely do. I mean, here is a, a guy in a situation like after all this happened, you know, I'm not really aware of this really happening at any other time when they did the the Brian Pillman Memorial uh, event. I mean, you had guys coming in from multiple companies to be involved in this thing. And, and that, that's something that is extremely rare in this business to have so many people coming from other promotions to be part of something and to support one individual person. I mean, th- this guy was somebody of some significance in the, in the business. I mean, and I honestly, to this day, I don't think I've heard anybody say a bad word about him. Carl, what do you yeah. think? What, what's a topic you think they'd like, you'd like to see them cover? Cause yeah. they, so far what they've done, it's just amazing. It's like mm-hmm. it's like an eye-opening experience watching them just unpeel the onion, so to speak, <laughs> of the pro wrestling business. Yep. Right? It definitely is. And um, the life and death of Miss Elizabeth. Mm. I mean, that's, that's 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 one that I mean, you could even in like just like they did with with uh, Chris Benoit. I mean, they they could almost make this two parts uh, going from everything that happened dealing with, you know, Savage and Hogan and Elizabeth and then everything coming up to Lex Luger and Miss well, Elizabeth. Well, they did the Match Made in Heaven special, right? But it was mostly about Macho Man. Yes. As opposed to her, you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that one, that one for me would be, yeah, just that would be the top for me. Uh, Pillman definitely. That was that was another one that I had I had thought about. Um, or Christopher Nowinski. Hmm. 
and yeah, uh, yeah. Sunny would be a great dark side of the ring, even though I don't really care for her that much. Yeah. Tammy Sitch's life would be yeah, that's like a soap opera. That's like a porno. <laughs> it it's be. already been a porno. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, definitely for me. That's uh, I mean, my my two top picks would probably be uh, the life and death of uh, Miss Elizabeth, yeah. and then um, yeah, Christopher Nowinski and uh, the brain injuries and concussions, and and you know maybe trying to get a little bit more light shed onto the organization that he now has that's really looking into all of these within not just professional wrestling but sports in general. I would also like to see one that exposed all the crap that went on behind the scenes in ECW. Mm, I was just yeah. going to say the rise and fall of ECW. Uh, that's that's a major one that they haven't done yet. So yeah, that's definitely one that you could tackle for sure. Yeah, I mean, because I uh, when I was in Louisville, I got to work with a couple of guys that are unfortunately gone now that worked in ECW, and everything that I heard, it must have been <laughs> wow, wow. I mean, just wow. Especially when, it was, especially when it was getting to the point where Paulie was telling people they were going to get paid and they weren't. Uh, you know, it, it, got, it got pretty dark near the end there for sure. I can tell you a true story, uh, and I've told this many times. Uh, the first time I went to go work a show in Louisville, there were two former ECW wrestlers in the back in the promoter's office, and they were doing rails of coke off of his desk, like right in front of me. And I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm leaving. You know, but it's just it. I mean, it was wrestling in the '90s as opposed to today is just way, way different yep. than it is now. Absolutely. Yes. All, right, all right, guys. Before we do our match of the week segment here, let's uh, do our, our kind of our last main topic here. Um, recently, WWE has finally announced this free tier to the WWE Network, and it looks like it's going to include some kind of basic stuff here. I'll kind of loosely kind of go through the stuff that's included in this free version here. Um, they're going to have those new shows, uh, Raw Talk, I guess is going to be one of the ones that are available. Um, they're going to do like the Monday Night War, Ride Along, Table for Three, Photo Shoot, Story Time. Those will be uh, included in that. Um, they'll do basically, you know, old episodes of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown in case you do feel inclined to, to watch those again. Uh, NXT as well looks like we'll be on there. And then they're saying select historical WWE pay-per-views and NXT TakeOver events. And then some highlight shows like their Top 10, uh, The Bomb, uh, WWE Now, which I, I've never even heard of that one, and Best of WWE and WWE Timeline, wherever that is. So it just looks like some kind of basic stuff there is what's going to be on the free one for the, the pay-per-views. I don't know exactly how far they'll go with that, but uh, it, it's something. Um, I don't know if this is still really something that uh, I might occasionally check out, but... Uh, yeah, um, it's not something that's really kind of really on my radar at this point. I'm glad that there's something there, but it's not really something that blew me out of the water at all. I, I enjoyed their Undertaker special. That was I good. actually got the network back just to watch mm -hmm. the Undertaker special because I thought it was excellent. Yeah. But as far as most of their content on WWE Network is just kind of garbage in my opinion, I don't know. We, I, Carl, is there is are there a lot of things besides some of the old school stuff that you kind of want to go into the archives and go look at stuff that happened in the eighties? Blah 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 blah. Is is there much on that channel, so to speak, that you really like? For for me, there is. I mean, I I love Table for Three. I love Ride Along. Um, I love going back and watching uh, Legends House, and I, I I wish they would do like another Legends House series. 
uh, because that was for me was just fantastic. Um, story time is amazing. Um, the the extra little stuff that that, that they're doing, uh, not so much like the bump or anything like that. Like yeah. I I've tried watching a few of those and I just I can't get behind it. They're too long. Yeah. They're just overdrawn out. I, I can't. I, I can't. You know, if they were to cut that down to maybe forty-five minutes, might be might be tolerable. Yeah. But going longer than an hour with that just is too much for me, anyways. Um, I still though subscribe to the network. I I pay fifteen bucks a month. I get absolutely everything, and I'm still happy paying that because I can go back and see you know, stuff from the past that I want to see from the eighties, from, you know, the nineties and stuff like that. And then all these other extra little things that they're putting in there. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorites is ride along and mm-hmm. table for three. Like I, I love, I, I love both three. of those shows. I, admit, yeah. I love table for three. That's yeah. a great, that's a great, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're that's right. Okay. <laughs> Get, getting to see those guys set. It's kind of like us sitting around having a little round table with each other, you know, where that's you right. You get to see these guys just kind of share their real opinions and their real thoughts on things. I do like that, but a lot of the original content I could do without. Yeah, yeah. This total everything, like I, I don't need. No. I, I don't care about total Bellas. I don't care about total Divas, no. like that stuff. I, I, I don't care about. I really don't. You don't. You don't but, want to find out what Bree's going to name her next kid. You don't want to. You don't want to find that out. Does it? Doesn't it? Doesn't interest you? Because uh, apparently we're going, to, probably go with animals. I mean, the first kid go, was we named got a worm to go with Birdie. <laughs> I was say the first kid know. was named Birdie. Is the next one going to be Doggy? Like uh, I don't know. Uh, we're we're not naming people human names anymore, which uh, that still uh, kind of blows me out the water. But uh, back briefly on WWE content. One thing, kind of loosely around this, one thing that I've noticed. Um, WWE DVDs. I don't know if you guys like when you go to Walmart or any of these kind of places. If you see um, the stuff that they put out. I gotta say, just looking at the spots on the shelf where the WWE DVDs are, they don't move. People aren't buying them. Not just WWE DVDs, uh, the, the physical media um, platform seems to be kind of on the downturn. As you people watching can kind of see uh, behind me, I still like to kind of buy uh, DVDs and whatnot, but it's definitely not what it used to be for sure when it comes to physical media, unfortunately. It, it is just kind of a factor of the times that we live in. Um, before we do our showstopper segment for this week here, guys, let's do our match of the week segment. Hopefully everybody's still watching a a fair amount of wrestling. I know that it's uh, definitely been different lately, but I I still uh, catch some stuff here. Uh, Let's start off with our guest here, Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. What was your match of the week for this past week that kind of tickled your fancy? Well, as I've written, I am very happy that Cody became the first TNT champion in AEW. So seeing him win the title was to me terrific. Uh, I, I think that he is custom made to be a TV star and they need to put him on that show as much as possible. So, you know, him winning the belt and then eventually coming out. And I I don't know if it's, this is a match of the week, but him saying that he's going to come out and defend the title every single week on television. Mm -hmm. That is, was my favorite moment of the past week because you know, it, it's just, it's old school. It goes back to the old days of Arn Anderson and, yep. and those guys defending the TV title every week on WCW. So um, I was happy to see that. I was happy to see him win the belt. Um, a lot of people thought it should have been Lance Archer. I disagree. I think that AEW with Cody on TV is, that's a that's a great combination. So that, that, that would be my match slash moment of the week. 
There you go. Uh, what about you, Carl? What was your match of the week for this past week? Give me just one second. Okay. He's reaching for something. What does he got? All right. What do you got? Hey, you're not going to take your pants off, are you? Because Joe told me I had to specifically wear pants this week. <laughs> or at least aim no. the camera above the waist if you're going to have no pants. Um, no, actually, I, I took my hat off. There was a funeral procession that was uh, going by my house. Okay. That's fine. He's wearing pants. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, that, no, there was a funeral procession going by my house. So I wanted to make sure that it was gone first before, go. like, just I give my silence for that. Oh, um, nice. it's, it's gone by. So, yeah, my, uh, my match of the week actually is coming from Impact. Ooh. And different. yeah, yeah, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, honestly, Chris Bay with Johnny Swinger versus Cousin Jake was just a fantastic match to see this week. Um I I, I don't know what it is. Chris Bay is a smaller guy, amazing. but he can move in that ring. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. And then Cousin Jake, I, I I'm loving that they're they're letting uh, him kind of be on his own right now and just do his thing because it has been fantastic. The guy is huge. He is jacked. And then to see the two of them face, face each other in such a match that would, that would seem so polarizing work so well together. I was impressed. Now I'm a big fan of Chris Bay. I got to tell you, you're 100% right about him. He is fantastic. Now, as somebody who is kind of behind on Impact, a uh, question for you guys uh, when it comes to their shows, is this new content they're putting out or is this like compilation stuff that they're doing? New. These are <laughs> so, new matches. So are they, are they, how are they doing the empty arena thing? Do they have like, anybody at ringside or is it just like an empty place or what are they doing there? It's empty. Just just empty. They don't have yeah. uh, other talent at ringside, no nothing. Okay. Nope. Interesting. But they make but, it work. They make it work. But they have and they have also in their defense, because I've I've criticized, I've I've been on their side, I've <laughs> been on the other side of them. But uh, to be fair, they are bringing in some really good young talent now. And and Chris Bay is one of those guys. That's a guy that a year ago probably should have been signed by somebody. Right? And mm-hmm. he just he's just now kind of getting that taste of of that mainstream exposure. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that he goes really far because he he by all accounts, he's a really good dude, and he's very, very, very talented. Yes, he is. There you go. So for my match of the week here, this is uh, coming from Ring of Honor. Now, if you've been listening to the last few episodes, this is one thing I've been very positive on and very grateful for is that Ring of Honor has been putting out a bunch of free matches onto their YouTube channel, even free shows. Like they had the full G1 Supercard from Aston Square Garden. The whole show was on YouTube for free. Now... This one is coming from from 2019 from Honor United in London. And we're talking the Ring of Honor World Championship match between Roosh and Jeff Cobb. This was the main event for that show, and it was absolutely fantastic. You know, you have Jeff Cobb, who very much kind of reminds me of Kurt Angle with a lot more physicality, even more so than, than Kurt. And then you have Roosh, who, I mean, just when you watch him step out from behind that curtain, I mean, he just is a star they very much present him that way and he very much you know, presents himself in that fashion i mean just a great match with these two guys and uh, you know Rusha ended up uh, retaining uh, the title there but i mean just so much great stuff and, and it's one of those cases where you don't really have to have a whole ton of storyline there to still have to still be able to put on a really good really good match you know just all the the in-ring psychology is sometimes all you need and these guys definitely pulled it off 
Yeah, I think I think Ring of Honor, as much as they have kind of struggled in the last couple of years, losing yeah. a lot of talent. Uh, at the end of the day, they probably tell the best match story in the ring. You know, they they from bell to bell, they still do a great job, even though uh, you know you're citing a match from a while back. Mm-hmm. But still, they just they know what they're doing when it comes to in that you know squared circle, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys, well, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our showstopper segment. And this has been an interesting one here that we're going to all kind of get into. And we're just going to talk about professional wrestling matches. Uh, Not all of them, but are some of them maybe just too complicated? So we'll be right back, you guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Evo. Visit collarandevilbrand.com where you can find the Brooklyn's own Beast Shad Gaspar shirt where 100% of the proceeds will go directly to Shad's family. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Careful and our guest Ryan K. Bowman here from thegrillposition.com. We are here for our showstopper segment here, guys. And as I mentioned before the break, we are talking, are some professional wretches, wow, are some professional wrestling matches too complicated these days? And I'm not talking every match. I'm talking some matches here. Now, let me start off with you, Carl. Um, are some matches too complicated like i know as somebody who you know you've worked in the ring before you might pick up on some of this kind of stuff when you're watching some of these matches do they look a little too rigidly planned sometimes and kind of feel weird because of that it's it's gonna sound really bad but pretty much every single match now (laughs) that i watch uh, honestly it is yeah um you're seeing lots of spots where the guy is standing on the outside of the ring waiting for, you know, somebody to flip over that top rope to catch them. And they're just standing there and they're waiting and watching and looking and then, okay. And now they've grabbed, they've grabbed them. Uh, I mean, it's, there doesn't seem to be any fluency. Yeah. to the matches anymore they now, really all seem to be very rigid now is this just something that we're just kind of picking up on now you know because we do a podcast and we have to we're kind of breaking the stuff down or was this kind of stuff always there and we just give them a pass out of the stake right of nostalgia's sake because uh, for, for me personally i mean this is something i've been asked are you guys only critical of the new stuff you're not critical of the old stuff that you like I just I don't remember seeing a lot of that kind of stuff in you know when I first started watching where guys would like you had mentioned you know and this is something as much as I love the young bucks they're they're very very guilty of this mm-hmm. kind of stuff in their matches not only them but the 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 guys working with them you see people there waiting for spots to happen I don't remember seeing that kind of stuff happen in my old school wrestling whatsoever. Go back and watch some some old Shawn Michaels. It, it was definitely there. Yeah, Shawn Michaels would always do you know the flip off of the top of the turnbuckle. And and get caught and stuff like that, or or hit the move, uh, you know he would he would do a type of moonsault, and, and it, it was the same. It definitely was. People were standing there waiting for it, and then it, then then it would happen. So I mean, it isn't something that is that is new. It's been happening for a while, and I mean, it's I've been critical of it the entire time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not new. And as much as I like the stadium stampede match that happened at the end of Double or Nothing, we saw a lot of that happening in that match. A lot of you know, let's I, wait for the spot to happen. I, I, um, you know, I, I, I hate to name drop here, but one of one of my favorite people that I get to talk to about wrestling is Kevin Sullivan, hmm. and I cracked him up one day, and because if I can make Kevin laugh, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> mission accomplished. And, 
I said to him, pro wrestling has become like Texas line dancing. Hmm. Everybody just lines up, they do their moves, and then they move on to the next side. And and he agreed with me. He's like, yeah, it's, it's so choreographed now that it's, it's almost sad to the point where you can watch it and know what's happening next. And that's what wrestling is not about. Wrestling is yeah. supposed to be about spontaneity, you know, where you are so enthralled that you don't know what's going to happen next. But now, you know, when a guy gets thrown out of the ring, there's going to be a dive. Yeah. You know, every match, every single match, guy gets thrown in a turnbuckle. The other guy runs in after him. He's going to miss. He's mm-hmm. going to hit the turnbuckle. Yeah. And it, it's become the same play over and over and over again. So to me, I would agree 100%. Um, every single spot seems like it's been done a hundred times already. And especially if we see it multiple times in the same show as well. You know, we had mentioned that last week. And another spot where I really kind of noticed this too, and I may or may not get some heat for this, but we're talking women's matches, and I'm talking specifically, you know, battle royal matches, these money in the bank matches, these ladder matches. I mean, you can kind of just set your, your watch, your clock to when these particular spots are going to happen in the match. Now, I know that this is probably largely done to try and keep the girls safe because, uh, you know, this is kind of new territory for a lot of them doing a lot of these big, dangerous kind of spots. So I understand it from that point of view, but just watching it as a fan or uh, you know, as a podcaster or what have you, and especially as somebody who's watched for a long time, I, I mean, I, I, I visibly see this stuff. Like it just, it, it doesn't feel like it has a flow to it. it just feels very kind of chopped up when I watch it. Yeah, I think it's a lot of rinse and repeat. It, yeah. it, you know, it, you watch a match and somebody goes on the outside in, in a Charlotte Flair match. Well, you know she's going to give you the moonsault yeah. to the outside. Yeah. And so it's not exciting anymore. Once it's been done a hundred times, you know, I mean, look, the first time I had sex, it was great. But the hundredth time... It didn't feel the same. And that's kind of how wrestling's gotten to be now. It's like all of these gigantic, you know, monstrous spots that we've seen before. Now, when you see somebody get thrown off the top of Hell in a Cell, would you even flinch? (laughs) Where 20 years ago when it happened to Mick Foley, we were all like, oh, my God, I can't believe that just happened. By God, they killed him. Yeah. 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 And it's it's almost like they milk your emotions by using all these high spots. And by using, as you said, all these scripted spots and mm-hmm. matches. Now, you know, before people criticize us or crap on us for just hating and not kind of giving any constructive criticism, let's do that if possible here. Let's see, you know, is there a solution to, to this issue? You know, can we make this feel more natural? Is there a way to kind of make this look less rigid? I'll start off with you, Carl, you know, being a former in-ring competitor. Is there a way that we can kind of get away from the stuff to make it look a little bit more natural at this point? Stop being so scripted. Allow the talent to go out there and perform with each other. Let them talk in the ring. Mm-hmm. Let them figure out the spots that they're going to be doing while they're in the ring. I understand the beginning, finish, script it. Do do whatever you got to do. Make sure you got that down. But you don't have to do that for the entire matchup. Just let the guys go out there and be fluid with each other. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. You, you can't continue to just have everything so... So rigid and, oh, we, we got to make sure we get this spot in. So, yeah, we're, we're going to kind of try to set that up, but be ready for it. No, just be fluid with it. It will happen and it will be 
glorious <laughs> when it happens and it looks like it yeah. wasn't supposed to happen and that it just caught you off guard. No, exactly I, that, like you said. That's exactly right. Yeah. Less more. That's the biggest thing that most of the young wrestlers now don't realize. And, you yes. know, when I was coming up, all, all the old guys would tell me is there's four parts of a match. The beginning, building the heat, come back, and going home. And that's it. And it, once you start making it more complicated than that, then you messed up. That's and, right. Yeah. And, I, and I truly believe that. And, I mean, I can remember back in the day, I, I'm, I, I am less upset about seeing a guy dive out of the ring as I was when Ole Anderson would just literally rub a guy's face in the mat, like right in front <laughs> of the camera. Yep. That, to me, it's more about emotion and storytelling than it is about spots. Yes. Yeah, because I'd mentioned, you know, especially with these, and not, not just the women's battle royal matches or royal rumbles or battle royals or whatever you want to call them. I mean, we see it on the men's side too. You know, I will say, you know, especially in the WWE, you know, you have your, your referees on the outside. And, and I pick up on this. I don't know how many of you guys do or if any of our listeners uh, pick up on this. But you can see throughout the match that they're being fed you know, some type of information or spot to the referee, whether it's coming from Vance or whether it's coming from uh, from Hunter or what have you. And it's like, okay, it's time for this bar. It's time for this person to go. Just it, it, it's, and, it, and that's one of the problems with these type of matches too because there's so many moving parts to it. So I get that there has to be some kind of organization and planning there. But at the same time, you know, with just especially these smaller type matches, like they just, just let them kind of go out there, you know, do your, like you said, your beginning, your middle, and, you know, your, your, your heat spot or whatever it is. And then, you know, then go home, go home, you know, just it's, and, you know, especially when they, 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 then they plan all these, you know, we can get into the kind of the false finishes as well. I don't know whether those are, you know, kind of fully planned or not. I don't really know. Uh, cause I've never been a booker, but just, it, it's sometimes too, it's like they go over the top of that too. It's like, okay, let's do a false finish, false finish, false finish. Okay. You know, at some point, you know, we need to go home at some point, you know, the car's worn up, it's waiting for us. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. And again, you know, I, I go back to the, the older guys that t- talked to me and said, just don't go out there. Don't do too much. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, even as, a, as an announcer, as a ring announcer, don't be too over the top because you've got to keep people wanting more. Yeah. you got to keep the people wanting more. And I think that's one of the, the brilliance of the psychology of the pro wrestling business a long time ago yep. was where, you know, a rest hold could get people excited. Right. Right. Up. Now, now you might as well shoot mm. yourself in the face yeah. and, you know, and, and, and the people don't even react to it. Yeah. You know I mean? It's terrible. You, at some point it jumped the shark to where these spots mm. have, have become way too contrived. And in doing too much early on in the shows too, you know, Carl and I had mentioned this, I believe it was last week, you know, we have like in the first match, and I, I know this guy probably hates me by now, but you have Mr. Bryce Remsburg coming out and flailing his arms and overreacting and jumping and, and doing stuff like and it's something in the very first match. It's like you, you've done all this. It's like, where do you go from that? Like you need to kind of start small and then work big, you know, or, or, you know, tell off at the end, just that it's when, when that kind of stuff happens, especially so early on the show, it just drives me crazy. Yeah, you gotta have a little foreplay before <laughs> right? you, know, you stick it in. Yeah, like to say. Oh man! All right, guys. Well, I mean, barring any kind of breaking news, kind of going on um, in the world of professional wrestling, I don't know if you guys have anything that you want to touch on that we may have missed that you still want to talk about. I just want to touch on really quickly, um, and I know it's a little bit of a bad note, but okay. we 
it's been a very, very bad 2020 mm. for those in the world of professional wrestling and and people passing. Um, another one that we have lost, and, and from from what I've been seeing, and this is coming from WWE stars, from independent stars, mm. from all of these other people. This guy was a fantastic talent and an even better person. Um, Danny Havoc of yeah. Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, was with Combat Zone Wrestling and IWA Mid-South, uh, 45 years old, and he has passed away. Um, earlier this year, his wife had actually passed away as well. Um, whatever circumstances are around it, we don't care here at Turnbuckle Talk. That's not what we're about. We want to make sure that we honor their memory by at least mentioning their name. And uh, yeah, so another another sad point i guess for professional wrestling but yeah. it's life it sucks and uh we've lost another yeah it's been a it's been a, a tough year 2020 um i think we'll go down the history books is quite the year you know professional wrestling and just uh, our culture and uh, whatnot just in general it's going to be uh, weird to look back on it uh, uh, later on all right, guys. Well, I guess before we go, um, in case people aren't aware of who Ryan is or what he does, please tell everybody about the GorillaPosition.com and what it is that uh, you guys do over there. Well, I am the editor-in-chief of the GorillaPosition.com. And, uh, of course, we feature you guys' show because you guys are awesome. And um, we uh, have several columnists and a lot of people that just kind of want to share their facts when it comes to wrestling, their their opinions. I shouldn't say facts. Their opinions about wrestling. And... Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan K. Bowman. You can follow me on Facebook at Ryan. P There's a fly that's trying to follow me right now. Also, he, he <laughs> will not leave me alone. Um, you can follow me on Facebook at Ryan K. Bowman. And um, of course, follow us at the position.com. All right, Carl. And I guess before we go as well, um, tell everybody a little bit about our friends over at colorandelbowbrand.com as well. Collarandelbowbrand.com. They are bringing you the best professional wrestling street fashion available today. Make sure you go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. When you make a purchase, use our promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. It's going to get you 10% off your entire order. Also, we get a little bit of a kickback for that. But if you go there for any reason at all right now, Make sure that you go and check out the new Beast Shad Gaspard shirt that they have. Right now, 100% of the proceeds from the sale of those shirts are going to Shad's family. Don't use our promo code if that is the only thing you're getting. You make sure that that entire purchase goes to Shad's family, okay? So our friends over at CollarAndElbowBrand.com, we are the first sponsored podcast that they brought on and we will continue to push them and continue to be fans of theirs so there you have it people hey before you guys go can i send out a shout out to one of your fellow canadians yes absolutely. yeah alicia etoot hmm. who oh yes for mlw she turns 25 i think today she's today yeah. and you should follow her online she is the interview queen follow her on twitter and on facebook See, this is one of the, the great part, 
it's about doing a podcast with somebody I've known for the better part of 30 years is I was going to think about mentioning the, the Shad t-shirt thing and a Carl B. Me to the Punch, but it's like you read my mind oh, before yeah. I even had a chance to say it. So that's some cool stuff there. So yeah, like you said, uh, make sure that uh, if you're going to get that one, don't worry about using our offer code. Uh, all that goes over to his family. It's definitely a worthwhile cause. And uh, we had it as our product of the week last week, and we'll do it again this week as well. So make sure. And, Which is and very cool of you guys to yes, promote. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that about wraps up for this week, and we'll see you on the next next one have a nice day it's me it's me it's an honor to be the beat as you can tell in the background we are out celebrating that is what we do here at hitting the marks.com and i'd like everyone to continue to tune in to turnbuckle talk but check out all of our other shows here you can find that all at hitting the marks.com run